Hello, and welcome to A Court of Wings and Romance, the podcast. I'm Jen, or some of you may know me as Quinn Reads with three S's on Instagram and TikTok. Before we begin the podcast, I would just like to remind all of our listeners that there will be spoilers for the book mentioned in the title of the podcast. So if you have not read the book mentioned in the title of the podcast, please go and read the book first, unless you want it spoiled for you. Thanks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be continuing the Throne of Glass journey with Queen of Shadows. As you may or may not know, I have been doing a buddy read through the Sarah J. Mass universe. I started by myself with Akatar, and then the buddy read started with the first Throne of Glass novel. So episodes two and three of this podcast discuss the first four books of the series, and we are officially on Queen of Shadows. We also have an extra special guest on the podcast today. You may know her as at HiLadyJo on Instagram and TikTok. I know her as one of my very best friends. Hi, Joe. How Hello. are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. How are oh, I just you just told me how you are. I'm fantastic. It's been a day, but it's okay. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I've been reading a buddy read throughout the Throne of Glass series, and I realized that my bestie Joe was on the same Throne of Glass book with me. We are both reading Queen of Shadows. Well, just read Queen of Shadows. So now we are here to discuss it. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. And you know me. I'm all about the Massiverse theories. I like, yes, yes. I feel that I need to have like a board behind me with like pet, like the pins and like the things drawn like between <laughs> literally like I'm on like on the case because I'm like deep down the rabbit hole of like book talk conspiracy theories about these books. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this book had so much in it and it not just plot wise, but like theory wise. So it was, it was so good <laughs> to dig into. Yeah. I'm very excited to talk about it with you. <laughs> And I feel like so like there are a lot of things that happen in all of her books, if we're being honest, but I feel like there was so much in this one. And it went from yeah. like zero to a hundred so fast. One hundred percent. And like I always feel like SJM books have like that last one hundred page thing where the bank mm-hmm. explodes and like everything is crazy. But with this book, it felt like it did that like every few chapters where like really, stuff would hit though. the fan. And with even with Air of Fire, like I loved Air of Fire so much. And I was like, that's my favorite Throne of Glass book. But after reading this one, I'm like, we were actually not moving forward very much in Air of Fire until the last like little bit. And with this book, it was like forward motion the whole time and a lot more perspectives than I feel like we got in Air of Fire, which was crazy. I, I felt like I was reading a Game of Thrones book with Queen of Shadows, See, honestly. I thought, I agree, but I also thought that Era of Fire was crazy because that was the first time that we really got so many oh, yeah. views. With Manon. So, like, I was like, Wait, what's happening again? Like, there's stuff with Dorian and Aelin and Manon, and now yeah. it's like, 
we met those characters in Arafire. It did a great setup. And then here's your meat. And here everyone's together. Everything. The gang's yeah. all here. That was my like favorite parts of the book would be like these crossover moments. And uh-huh. I love like Kale and Aelin like reuniting and it being like kind of weird. And oh, totally weird. Yeah. I, th- there were so many. With Nezrin. Oh my gosh. I loved all these moments where like, and now add this person to the mix. And now add this person. Okay, now we have mm-hmm. Adion. Now we have Rowan. Now we have Lysandra. Like we have like all these characters all coming together. Yes. Finally having like their like Marvel endgame moment. <laughs> where they're all together. Yeah. And that's what I've been wanting. It's what I wish I got with other series and never really got yeah. that moment. And already we're not even done. Like the moment when they brought, oh, this is getting ahead of myself, but- that's yeah. Okay. Uh, the moment when they break through the the clearing and they're with the thirteen, and it's like everyone is together, and it's just chaos. I was like, yep. this this is what I want from these SJM books is like the crazy yeah. chaotic explosion of characters. Mm-hmm. And we finally got my lead. I was so excited. Oh, I love her so much. I love her so much. I love her so much. So for those of you who don't know and are listening, I decided to cosplay a lead before I even met her in the story. I found out that she was short and she was sassy and that was enough for me. So when I finally got to meet her reading this book, I was the happiest person ever. I love her. Do you feel like it changed your, like vision of like when you cosplay her do you feel like it changed how you no. see her at all reading her did you feel like it just reinforced like the vision you already had I think it reinforced it except for the beginning when you first meet her and she's all meek and like whatever yeah like and then you start to get in her head and she's mm-hmm. like oh I'm doing this because I need to watch for everything I'm trying to get away I'm trying to do this and then you're like okay that's there she is you know what I liked about Elite is I always feel like I would be a Feyre or a Bryce or an Aelin, but really mm-hmm. I would be an Elite. I would be playing the long game. I would be yep. like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love her because she's very relatable of all the mm-hmm. characters. I really related to her the most because I'm not right. some magic wielding witch and she's mm-hmm. kind of lost in this world and trying to find where she belongs and she just wants to get the heck out of Dodge, which I relate to because I would not want to be there. No, I wouldn't either. (laughs) But at the same time, like she stood up for Caltaine. Like she went up against her uncle and got Caltaine out of that situation that she didn't even really know she was in. Yeah, I and Caltaine too is also doing this like psychological warfare with them where especially at the end when Manana's like uh, how long have you had the demon inside that collar killed it? She's like, it's been a while. I was like, oh, Caltaine. <laughs> like, girl. That would be me. I would be like, I'm just laying low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> laying low until I could play. They're playing the long game. Everyone else right. is playing checkers. They're playing chess. And I love, I did not, I, justice for Caltaine. I was so sad that that's like the end of Caltaine. But she went out with a bang. Like she, yeah, she truly and literally. <laughs> yep. So I was and very I do sad. I to get her, I know, especially for Sky, who's not listening because oh. she hasn't read this yet. But I wish we could got, have gotten a little bit more of her just for her. But 
But someday when you listen to the sky, when you're through Queen of Shadows, our condolences. <laughs> We're so sorry. No. She's going to be so heartbroken. I know. But we'll find you someone else, babe. It's fine. I want to know about this shadow fire thing. And that's why yeah. I'm also really disappointed that she's gone is it's like, though I've never heard of that before in any of the other books. No. And mm-hmm. I want to- And you've read Christmas City. I haven't read that yet. So- Yeah. And we haven't heard anything know. like that that I'm aware of. And- yeah. uh, uh, I don't know with Aelin being a fire wielder, if that's something she's going to be able to do. Cause it's like gold fire turned that burned so hot. It was black. Cause she said it was yeah. gold flame, which also makes me wonder about Caltaine's genetics with yeah. her fire wielding power and, and how they found her and why. Well, they said she looked like somebody. She looked like a lead. Yeah. And a lead was. was a witch. So then I'm like, what? what is... Yeah, maybe she was too. I mean, clearly she's got something in her. Yeah, so it was a, that was really interesting to me that we... Because I feel like with SJM, and it's kind of with the theory stuff I had, but nothing is accidental. Like, the song Mastermind by Taylor Swift is literally SJM. She's like, none of it's yeah. accidental. And nope. with... With a character like Caltaine, who we know so little about, for her to become the catalyst of, like, yeah, like that is really interesting to me. With a power that has never been mentioned before in any other book, Mm-mm. no one has it. None of the important players have it. So that's interesting to me, and it makes me wonder, like, what, what does that mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And so well, it brings me to the fact that I think they're going to show back up. And I yeah. know we've talked about that multiple times that there's no way that some of these things that we'll mention later in the podcast could happen coincidentally. Like there's right. no way that all these different hints in this very first series that she ever wrote are now matching up with things in Akatar and Crescent City. Like, there's no way. It is 100%. It's that nothing's accidental. Yep. Everything Mm -hmm. is for a purpose. And, like, I think... I think with some of the theories I have here, like, the end game of it all has a lot to do more with what's happening in Throne of Glass than even what's happening in Akatar. Like, I think that in Avatar mm-hmm. and Crescent City, the origin of their problems all links back to Throne of Glass. And a lot of people start in Avatar and then move on to the other books. But I see now why people want you to start with Throne of Glass, because there's so much here, like with Caltaine's fire, with Elite and her bloodline, mm-hmm. with Aelin's whole bloodline, with all of it. it yeah. It really actually is leaking into those worlds versus the opposite. And so... I have so many theories about that. We'll get, we can get into that later, but it is interesting. It's interesting that every little thing in this book had a connection somewhere. It really felt like. Right. And this is like, I mean, granted there were others sooner, but this is like the, oh my God, book so far. I mean, we haven't read the others yet, but I feel like this was the book where, especially you, cause you have all these theories and I love them really were like this. This is why I think this, this has happened. Yeah. And it's just amazing that this one book really took us there. Yeah. More than any other one. I think the first, the first book and Queen of Shadows, Throne of Glass and and Queen of Shadows have 
in my opinion, the most connections to the other series, this multiverse. And there was a lot in Queen of Shadows that connected back to the first book, like the clock tower. It kind of Mm -hmm. like took you full circle, the collars, the rings, like so much, so much of the puzzle Aelin was putting together from when she had originally spent time um, in the castle as Lillian. And so I was glad for that because I, I will say like throne, the first book was not my favorite. And it did feel disconnected from the series. And I do feel like in yeah. Queen of Shadows, SJM like took us back to the beginning a little bit um, and kind of made, forced the book to connect more with the rest of the series, which I really appreciated. There Absolutely. were a lot, of, a lot of things SJM did in this book that connected it to the other series in really subtle ways and connected it back to the beginning. Like, um, like with the music and her love oh, of like love music and dance. Yeah. And that kind of like plays a role in so many of the other books, like Feyre paints yeah. and the music in her cell and the mm-hmm. art quarter and the Nesta dances and Bryce is also a dancer. Um, yep. all of the I mean, main, yeah. all the main characters in the book, they all are dancers, singers, play they music something related to the arts, and, and I it think, just shows how important it is. And I think it it shows us the complexity of the character because otherwise. They're just killing machines. Like, Aelin is this killing right. machine. And if you don't, like, pay attention to that, it just she just seems cruel. But it brings mm-hmm. us, like, humanity to the characters that I really love. And I feel like it brings us back to, like, the Selena of the first book. Of, like, this yeah. peppy little 16-year-old or 18-year-old who is now this woman who has always has had been this. Through everything. Yeah. And at, at the end of it all, she's still a human she's still a girl appreciating music and i love that i love the connection to humanity in the midst of everything was the cutest with her and rowan in the theater i like showing him how to play i was like oh my god i love it so much rowan whitethorn i'm wearing my resand high lord shirt today but i don't know i have my flash shirt on (laughs) i have my hair I wore my Damaris earrings and my because I was like I gotta I gotta represent but but Rowan Whitethorn this book I was Mm -hmm. so mad I am so mad that this book is YA I know I am so angry I would pay I think I sent you a Snapchat because of all the tension like when like we can't sleep in the same bed people will have thoughts like who cares Rowan go away oh it's it's expert level tension and I Uh I would pay any amount of money any amount of money for SJM to release an Assassin's Blade type novella series it's just not (laughs) just the Mm -hmm. Like I would take all my the money. that should have been, but were withdrawn I'm, from all. I am like I was the whole book. I'm like just do it already. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't even care if this is closed door smut. I don't even care if it's fade to black. Just mm-hmm. please, do I'm begging you, begging you. Me. <laughs> like Aelin has, Aelin has God tier self control because there is no way I would fold in an instant. <laughs> Well, especially when she's parading around in, in I know. lingerie. And I know. Like, <laughs> and Rowan, I mean, Rowan. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could never. Yep. A tattoo 
how to 500 year old fey male sign me up uh, period yeah. but then he has sleeping next to me telling me what his favorite color is yeah. i'm buying that immediately and i'm mm-hmm. wearing it and he had the audacity <laughs> to have white hair it's over uh-huh. <laughs> it's over yes. the dragon Absolutely. dress the dragon dress I moment love that i was literally having a full-blown panic attack my knees were shaking mm-hmm. i was like i could not i just love that man he is so i like how in this series more than the others you see like the primal fae side of it yeah like reese mm-hmm. only lets it out when like the mating bond first snaps into place with Farah, and like right Bryce makes this whole point in Crescent City, like, I don't like alpha holes. So she doesn't like when the boys fight over her and stuff. And they kind of get snarky like Reese and Tamlin do. But it is nothing Mm -hmm. compared to Rowan and Adion just being so territorial. And I was like, (laughs) I love when this woman's cousins fight over her. There is nothing like it. (laughs) Yep. And then even Lorcan. Lorcan coming in and, like, trying to kill her. Okay, I like have a note. Was, I have a note so in here. Lysandra and Lorcan. I don't know, <laughs> but Lysandra <laughs> is literally that girl and Lorcan? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> I feel like they would be cute together, and I don't know, but I'm just saying. I feel like Lorcan and Lysandra <laughs> together. They're they they both seem like freaks to me. I already read the spoilers, so I already know the answer. Dang. I just feel like Morgan a freak, and I feel like whoever he's with also should be a freak. Well, we find out soon in the next book. So. Oh, yay! <laughs> if he dies, I'm going to be so mad. No, I, want, I don't think so. I, I hope want, not. I don't remember reading that. I just want him to, like, I don't know. He just seems. I just like this whole primal thing. I'm like, yeah. Like, I know fight over me and she's like stop fighting i'm like fight more <laughs> i want right. you to fight over me all the like, time you might not like it but we do and we're the readers <laughs> so nice books. <laughs> now i need her to make a fourth series and it's just these fey men out of control um yep. speaking of fey men the other yeah. point if i'm like jumping around too much like tell me but no um, you're good you're good adion and aelin when they stay up all night and they're passing the bottle back and forth, yeah, like telling each and other everything and all their scars and how they got them, and not just... judging each other. And I think that was the most important part. And I, so I wrote this note. Um, this is the moment when her expectations that have been set by Arabin are changed. Her fear mm-hmm. of his rejection is because Adion represents Terrasen to her. Yep. So if Adion rejects her. Tara Sen rejects Tara her. Sen yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that honestly, like reading the book, it I know that like Arif Iyer, Selena to Aelin is like the whole, you know, course of the book. But I feel yeah. like in Queen of Shadows, she's kind of shuddering back and forth between these two people. And mm-hmm. that it felt like a change in her when Adion like accepts her for exactly who she is and there's no more hiding. She's yep. like finally buries selena and yeah well especially too with arabin dying yeah oh in a very wonderful way 
<laughs> oh, I was, I was like, I wish we, honestly, I, I wanted yeah. more. I wanted more. I was like, I want to, I want to be inside of like Sandra's. I want to look through her eyes and enjoy this and, whole yes. moment with her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually get the scene and see what she did. Yes. What, how Arabin reacted. Cause we know he choked on his blood. So. Oh man. I would have loved, I would have loved for Lysander to have a speech. Yes. I wanted her to say you snake you little devil i wanted it so bad but i will say uh -huh. that whole thing with arabin the whole thing with um getting the volk commander and all of that mm -hmm. lysandra and aelin are the ultimate girl squad like oh, they yeah they are amazing they are what i wanted Feyre and more to have like more than anything or mm -hmm. like bryce and danica like i wanted that between two main female characters they are like such a good squad and i want more of that in the yeah. in the next few books because they are unstoppable well, together and enemies to lovers in a sense with them too like yes. they so true went from hating each other completely and literally selena threw a knife at her and now they're like doing all this great stuff together and caring about each other and everything else 100 percent. and like aelin stop sneaking out right let people help you <laughs> Uh, when you let Lysandra help you, literally, you guys pulled off the perfect, the perfect heist. The perfect, mm -hmm. like, it was masterful. It was a masterclass yep. in being that, that girl, both of them. And 100%. I'm like, it turns out, turns out when you stop sneaking out at night and trying to take on everything on your own without any help, it actually works mm -hmm. out really well. Right. Maybe, maybe you should try that more. <laughs> she won't. No, we'll say this on right now. There'll be a whole nother book of her not letting a single person oh, help her. One hundred percent, and like same, like I hard relate. Really. <laughs> but like, ugh. I also love Lysandra because she like helped Aelin trust again in a way. Like, yeah, Nehemia, I think had good intentions with everything that happened um, in Crown of Midnight, but I think it broke Selena in a way. Oh yeah, that. Even when she becomes Aelin, I feel like I feel like her restoring trust in friendship, restoring trust in her family with Adion, and then like mm -hmm. restoring trust with like her past friends, like with Kale and um, Dorian. I feel like it like Nehemia broke her down yeah. completely, and um, I def I really defended Nehemia, and now after seeing how Lysandra and Aelin were together. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah. girl, you did yep. not handle that correctly. Uh, no, you ended up dead. So yeah. How did that do any good? Oh, and I'm so, it made me very frustrated mm -hmm. with her. And, and I was just kind of like sad and more frustrated with, with Selena at the end of Crown of yeah. Midnight. But now I'm like, what was she thinking? Like, yeah, it, it just... I don't know. It made me very upset after reading how easily Aelin and Lysandra were able to form a bond. And mm -hmm. Aelin wanted Nehemia to trust her. And she trusted Nehemia way more than Nehemia trusted her, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, or Nehemia, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but um, That's yeah. That's how I say it. But by the end of the book, I was like Team Lysandra and um, mm -hmm. anti-Team Nehemia because I was like, you're in, you are on my list now, girl. <laughs> yep uh -huh. like she kept too much from her 
I'm going through all my- and- Oh, page 331, we had a watery bowel alert from a lead, you by the did. way. <laughs> I read I that and I was like, oh You're my right. god. We did get one of those. <laughs> it's like, not the watery Most bowel. Most crazy, by Sarah. <laughs> I think we went quite a while without getting one in this series. And as soon as as soon as I read it, I was like, Elite. Elite Elite is an IBS queen and like we love her. Yup. (laughs) Now I just one more thing to relate to. It's fun. (laughs) That would be me. I would be the IBS queen of yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. Um, speaking of her again, her and Manon's friendship. Well, Uh Connection, I guess I should say. I would is a better say word friendship. Friend. I think it's the closest thing to a friend Manon's ever going to have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. And then, of course, we can't forget my Abraxos and how he literally shielded Aline, uh, Aline so she could sleep. I love Abraxos so much. So I much. I already love him. And the fact that she compared him to, like, a puppy dog. Like, it oh. was... He is toothless. He's toothless. The dry. He's just a little (laughs) sweet little baby boy. I love his like wildflower sniffing self so much. Uh huh. And (laughs) I just love how like they circle back after they drop her off in the Oakwald Forest, and they circle back just to make sure she's okay. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's Manon and Abraxos. I think Abraxos honestly represents the side of Manon that she rejects. That I think yeah, is still 100%. there. And I think that... Um, it, it's definitely still there because you can see it blooming. I mean, even just with a lead or even yeah. with Abraxos. Like, yeah. I think she that she's soft. It no. She's supposed to be cruel and hard and heartless, but... Oh, her moment with Asterin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asterin sharing her... Um, uh, like, her trauma with her. And there was a... Like, it's a small thing, but um, when she shows her her scar that her grandmother gave her she like fully she doesn't just lift up her shirt she literally takes her whole top off and there was like that representation of like burying oneself to another and like fully um becoming vulnerable they were kind of feuding in like the beginning to the middle area like she was demoted from her second and so for her to like fully remove everything to show mm-hmm. her this one scar is like such a good allegory for her like fully burying her soul to Manon. Knowing that Manon could see it as weakness and literally just kill her right then and there. Or like right. see it as betrayal of their matron and she takes the risk. Mm-hmm. I think knowing all along, I think the only reason Asterid and the 13 fight Manon on anything is because they know of the humanity in her from the beginning. I think yeah. they know that. Not it's to what she views as weakness, but really is just honestly her strength. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I loved that moment between them and like an honesty that I'm sure Manon's not used to. No, and so, I mean, well, especially she finds out that the grandmother's like helping them. Right. And so that I think that like it's interesting that after everything, I love this with, um, a lot of the characters. I mean, I hate that it takes so much, but like right. with Aelin, she just trusts Arabin until Sam dies. And mm-hmm. then with Kale, he just trusts the king until Sorsha dies and, and right. Dorian is enslaved. 
And with Manon, she just trusts her grandmother or follows her grandmother until Asteria is loyalty. like, look and, at yeah. what she did to me. And it's not right. it's not the atrocities they've committed. And it's not right. the their horrible intentions. It's literally like now my loved one has been affected. And I mm-hmm. think it's like something that we can look inward when we're as the reader of like, are there like blind spots in my life where I, I look past things or look the other way because it doesn't affect me. And then once it right. affects me, now I suddenly care. Um, I think that's like a powerful, like self-reflection moment when I was reading the book Absolutely. and I was like, Oh wow, that is actually <laughs> something, a blind well, I mean, spot in my life. We've yeah. Done it since we were kids. I mean, it's just it how it's how it works. And until you have that moment of clarity, like you do ignore the red flags. I mean, yeah, I think it's like, it's very relatable. It's relatable. Everybody has been there. And so I think it was at this point, every single character, uh, Rowan did it. Rowan looked the other way with Maeve until he met Aelin. And so we like, I think every character has done it, but it also shows how Manon seems so different than the other characters, but she's really not. Right. She's really the same. She just had a really hard upbringing. So I love that well, Alid was the catalyst. She had to. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was actually a line. Um, let me find it. It was a line Adion said to her. I said to Aelin that I was like, wow, this is, this is so good. Um, Adion says uh, to Aelin when they're, they're telling everything. Um, mm mm-hmm. Whatever you had to do to survive, whatever you did from spite or rage or selfishness, I don't give a damn. You're here and you're perfect. You always were and you always will be. Mm-hmm. I was like that. I love it. It's not yeah. just spite or rage or to, to survive. It's also, even if you did it for bad reasons, you did what right. you had to do. And I, I love that acceptance. And I, I think mm-hmm. that... That's something we all need to hear. So when I when I was reading that oh, from Adion, I was like, Adion, I need to hear that too. <laughs> Thank you, Adion. But it is. And I think Sarah does that a lot throughout her book. She says things that we all do need to hear. I mean one hundred percent. You do not yield the um whatchamacallit with Feyre, the mm, nothing can break you. Oh like, yeah. All those yeah little quotes that like are what three four words but they mean so much in the grand scheme of the book but in the grand scheme of life i mean it's cheesy but the the line from um assassin's blade and in queen of shadows the i am aelin uh, ashriver galathinius and i will not be afraid that yeah. is powerful to say to yourself like i've done it in my head been like I am Joe Fisher. I will not be afraid whenever I felt really yep. anxious and it works. It actually works. Well, <laughs> and I mean, so I have a Valkyrie quote all the time, then nothing can break all us. The like, time. All the time. I, I literally do. I say that every day. I'm the rock against which the wave crashes. Nothing can mm-hmm. break me. I'm, and I think it's surf crashes. We're not yeah, surf crashes. Surf not the CC's quote. Oh no. CC, <laughs> you're listening. We love you. oh but yeah it it, I think that I mean that's what books are and a lot of people I mean I even make the jokes like oh it's just silly fairy corn but it really is 
powerful. Um, oh, yeah. And-, and it's more than just that. Like, yes, it is. But there's so much more that comes in all these books that you don't realize until you're deep in them. And I, I read this thing that with books, your brain doesn't know the difference between I read that too. Um, reality and what is in the book. And so to your primal brain, these characters are real and the things that are happening are real in them. And so there is also something powerful about that. And when it's different than anything else, it's different than a show, it's different than a movie in that it's something that's playing in your mind. And when it becomes so real, I think that that's really powerful to the psyche to practice these things that are why we get so emotional like in this section i removed a small spoiler from fourth wing however if you have read the book you'll know exactly what we're talking about summer and i just talked (sighs) about that last week like i (laughs) and i don't cry through books yeah the last book i remembered crying to was bridge to tarabithia summer reading going into sixth grade like i don't cry i tear but that got me yeah and I was sobbing uncontrollably and like it's because your brain doesn't so you get so ingrained in these books that they become another world especially when they're so well done like these books and fourth wing like 100 percent becomes like a whole nother world and you feel like a piece is missing when you're done them 100 percent, and that's like I I really cried when uh with Caltain dying like I my heart went out to her. And I think that anyone who relates to her experience at all, like mm-hmm. uh, my heart broke for her of like what she had been through and relating right. to her and knowing the feeling of just wanting to burn it all and burn myself with it, you know? And, and I, yeah. I, I think as someone who can, like, I was just like crying, sitting there crying and same with just the moment um when Dorian and Aelin are, finally like alone and able to talk yeah. and with and with Dorian and Kale are finally alone and able to talk how like the mending mm-hmm. of friendship of and yeah. this like full circle moment when they're all together like I just had tears just rolling yeah. down my face I was like it's so beautiful because it's like mm-hmm. Dorian believing in Aelin so much like when she was yeah. Selena when she was Lillian when she was Aelin he's always believed in her Mm-hmm. And well, and that's what Megan and I discussed too, because really the only other person who believed in her the same way Dorian has was Sam. 100%. And, and Sam did it blindly, just like Dorian. Right? Dorian just pulled this girl out of Vendovia and was like, be the champion. And Sam yep. knows he like, Aelin's like, uh, well, at the time, Selena is like going to tell Sam everything. And he's like, you don't even have to tell me. You'll tell me when you're ready. Like that's right. crazy. And Dorian, like, always believes in her. And by freeing her, he ultimately freed himself. And, Mm -hmm. like, in trusting her, he ultimately freed himself. And so I love that moment of them finally standing together on equal footing as he Mm -hmm. has always believed it would would be from the beginning. He always believed them to be equals. And she didn't. And it's finally the moment when they're both at like their most powerful like best selves mm-hmm. finally <laughs> and i i love that they're like oh, two four books it's fine yeah it's fine <laughs> but i love i love that they're at the best that they have ever been and they're able yeah. to like start forming a new world together or at least form a path to a new world together 
that got right. me very emotional, very emotional. <laughs> and the Dorian mm-hmm. and Kale's like bromance, just I love it. So I much. know. I don't like Kale very much, <laughs> but I do I will love Dorian and Kale. Admit, I will admit, <laughs> Kale is going down on my list. He's no longer yes. as nice as he was. I can't um, stand him. I don't hate him yet, but he is definitely <laughs> dropped far on my list. Just because there are so many better characters, but also because he's making stupid ass decisions. Oh my so. god. Every other chapter, this man is trying to ruin everything. <laughs> I'm just like, honestly, Nesserit, like I know like they are not endgame. There's no literally no way. If they're endgame, right, no. if they're endgame, I'm I'm not I'm never reading it. Uh, no, I can't. But Nesserin no. is too cool for Kale. It was the no I literally uh-huh. wrote. <laughs> Nesserin's way too cool for Kale. <laughs> Um, but I love that he's, uh, having to lay in bed for a while because that means he can't like run into an open clearing or like say something yeah. stupid uh, and mess everything he can't up. Make dumb decisions <laughs> and block Aelin from doing something good. Uh, I love that when, um, when Lysandra killed Arabin and like, you know, they're investigating mm-hmm. and Aelin's like, oh, thank goodness. Like Kale used a boot that none of us would wear. Of course he would do that. I'm like, of course he would do that. That would definitely be something <laughs> Kale would mess up significantly. Right. <laughs> it would be something he would not do well. No. Uh-uh. No. Uh, he's just went down on my list. I know, I was these. laughing at that too. When, when I read it <laughs> and when I listened to it, I was dying laughing. Like, yeah, okay, sure. I'm surprised Bonna forgot that she trusted him like, to do it. I know. She's standing on that roof. I'm like, girl, go down there. Help that man. Yeah. There's no way he can pull off this heist. If he didn't have Lysandra, no, he would have screwed it up. a bunch of assassins. But I guess, I mean, technically the assassins were looking at her and not inwards. So Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking at my other notes. Um, my other note I had here was somebody let Adion smash. The man needs to smash. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Please, uh-huh. someone let this man in. He... <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I was dying and he's like we need to go somewhere i need to look at someone other than you <laughs> yeah, like, the man i love the line at the end too where rowan's like uh i had to give him guard duty so he wouldn't chew on the furniture <laughs> i'm like adion might be my favorite himbo of all time like i love uh-huh. cassian so much for different reasons but i love that adion is like the cassian of this universe like he is himbo mm-hmm. energy to the maximum He's just yep. Hulk smash. Oh, him getting in the way of the Vogue to Rowan. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. literally tears. I was, I am a book crier, but like I was crying. <laughs> I was crying so hard. I was like, Adian, go. You go out with the I'm like, there's no way they're dying because there's like three more books left, but go, Adian. Right. Go. <laughs> I loved that moment so much i love how literally aelin's like oh it's gonna be so awful and within like two chapters adian was like yeah rowan's cool. right i thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna be more of a struggle than that. Him, like... <laughs> so i loved that so much once he got over the fact of the like blood pact or whatever it's yeah. called he got over that way oh, too was... easily honestly i thought right? i thought he was gonna betray them for sure like i thought i thought no, that he Adion... just went out and got drunk and then came home <laughs> He's like, honestly, just needed to go, like, 
get blacked and now everything's gray. So it's like it never well, even might have gotten laid too. We don't know. Yeah. He might have smashed. That might have been what he needed. It it was yeah. it was just Got funny. Out his anger somehow. It was funny to me that this guy had this life goal and he gave it up <laughs> like oh, one night. He's like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. I do mm-hmm. want him to take the blood oath though. I want her to have multiple go. um very badly. So I think she will. I don't think that she would let him not take it. Yeah, I think he, I want him to take it. I really want the rest of like the cadre. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, that's how I say it. Uh, I the want cadre. the rest of them to like come to the good side and like be Aelin's yeah. like bunch of anim- uh, animals. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, all I could think Probably about now. Say animals. I, all I can think about now is from when you were talking about air fire with Megan and how he's just running to the hill with all these animals. How he's a human and all these animals <laughs> were following him. <laughs> running down a hill. But oh. yeah, my final note on the book, other than theories, mm-hmm. was just that this is a perfect book. Yeah. It it's was a, perfect a very book. good one. It had, the only thing it was missing was smut. But it yeah. had the tension and the romance in this was like a five out of five for me. Like, Mm-hmm. I, my heart was racing. I was blushing. I was giggling and kicking yeah. my feet. Every emotion was present. Every single one. One thing that- we didn't mention, we kind of started to, but we didn't get there. The fact that she changed Arabin's will <laughs> to screw over all of them because they helped in Sam's death. I was like, you go, girl. You go. I was go. like, slay, slay. I, I loved it so much. And then for her to, like, then take over, essentially, and mm-hmm. make most of what is making them money illegal <laughs> immediately, I was like, slay. Yep. That is our girl, say, Selena. Uh-huh. Selena. She is like, oh, that was so bad. Like, that was like. bad to the bone. It was so good. I loved it. It was yep. like, pure retribution i was like justice has been served Mm-hmm. Yeah, i loved it. it all right so you want to move on to theories are you ready mm. are you ready no <laughs> <laughs> um where should no, we because even start? every single time you tell me one i'm like you know and that makes so much sense and now that's all i'm gonna be thinking of <laughs> the next section of the podcast contains theories relating to throne of glass akatar and crescent city the Crescent City spoilers are a minimum. However, they are very heavy in Akatar spoilers. If you have not read Akatar yet, I suggest that you stop at this point and come back when you have. Well, where? Okay, so, okay, well, we we're just talking about Arabin, so we can talk mm-hmm. about the fact that every single, and spoiler alert for Crescent City and Akatar, yes. I'm not going to get too much into the Crescent City um spoilers but there i'll touch on some crescent city plot points that aren't major spoilers <clears throat> um so arabin mm-hmm. red-haired evil guy <laughs> yep eris red-haired evil guy yep einar in crescent city who is bryce's dad okay red hair evil guy uh, why are there so many red-haired evil guys? <laughs> Baron is red-haired and evil yes. too. But what's crazy is the fan art I've seen. I will have to post it actually on my Instagram so that mm-hmm. if anyone is curious, you can go to my Instagram. I will post it, but because it shook me. Yeah, they look the same. <laughs> they look the same, and I'm like, 
I've just seen, I don't, with the whole theory about the worlds that we read about in Silver Flames, mm -hmm. how the worlds are kind of on top of each other, there are characters that are obviously kind of parallel versions of each other. Yeah. And I wonder if Arabin, Eris, and Einar, who also have very similar names, yeah, um, if they are in some way reincarnations of one another. If you read Arabin uh -huh. and Eris and Einar, they are very, very similar. Yeah. They're very manipulative. They're playing their own game. They don't they have a hand they don't show. Mm -hmm. Um Einar is very like into luxury. He's a king mm -hmm. and Arabin being the king of assassins. I thought that right. was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um Eris Arab wants to be a king. Yes. And he definitely has this like kingly, arrogant air about him. Mm -hmm. Um Arabin, like he there, he has this like swagger to him that reminded me so much of Eris. Yeah. Einar doesn't have that as much. He's a little more withdrawn. But there were some fatherly moments between Einar and Bryce and Einar and Rune that reminded me a lot of Arabin and Aelin. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought it was an interesting um, parallel. Yeah. And whether or not it's actually connected in the multiverse or if that's just a literary tool SJM is using to kind of, if you've already read her other books, this is a similar character and you kind of get yeah. the formula. But either way, it's well, interesting. I mean, even in Throne of Glass, they talk about the different worlds and everything when they go through the portals. So right. why we, couldn't it be, you know? And we know Gwyn has mentioned 26 alternate universes. And so yeah. um, these three we know of, but they there could be more of this. Don't like, give me that theory because I'm going to be waiting for all 26 <laughs> series to come out. <laughs> She's really you know how up. I am. <laughs> So this like red hair autumn evil people thing is just mm -hmm. think it's really interesting. Um, so another one um, that was interesting. I loved going into the catacombs in this book. Yes. And in the catacombs, they come into a cavern, which is a um, temple to a sin eating God. They're mm -hmm. walking through, they see the whole place is made of bones and on the bones are carved like the last um, confessions of people's lives. And so the bone carver. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was sitting here like, okay, keep yeah. going. So we go into this temple. The god is gone, long <laughs> forgotten. Um, and it looks like, I think in the earliest um, transcriptions, we're like a few hundred years old, which is interesting. Yeah. I'll get back to that. And the oldest are thousands of years old. And we know that the bone carver who is in the prison in and later released in Akatar, mm -hmm. um, He's been there for some time, a few hundred years. Yep. Um, really interesting. Uh, during a time, I think, that might relate to some wars that were going on in Throne of Glass and Prithian. Um, but the bone what? carver takes bones um, and also takes confessions, secrets from people in exchange yeah. for blessings, in a way. So... Um, I think that the bone carver could be the sin eater or a sin eater. We know he is a yeah. death god of some kind already. Um, and I think that this could be where he is originally from. I um, think that that's a great theory. And when you told me that the first time, I was like, this makes so much sense. Especially because the catacombs are below Rifthold. And right. 
we know from the end of Queen of Shadows that that's where the king finds the word stone yep. so or the word key. And so it would be interesting that him finding this key to potentially another world would be where a Sin Eater is that may be now in another oh, world. world. Yeah. Um, and so I think the Bone Carver Sin Eater connection was as soon as they said the bones carved with stuff, I was like, oh my God, it's the bone yep, carver. <laughs> Because it makes so much sense. And it there's, I know I say this regularly, but there's too many coincidences for it to just be a coincidence. Like she's too much of, as we said earlier, yep. a mastermind to Truly. make it a coincidence. Like there's no way. So there's another, um, another Akatar related theory um, that I have regarding Sam Cortland's grave. So, um, which I love to tell me this when you just told me his grave and I've been waiting for it. <laughs> so, um, and this, I think could just be more of like a literary device that SJM is using to kind of help us connect some dots, um, mm -hmm. with Aelin's journey. But, um, one thing that I found interesting, I loved the scene of her visiting Sam's grave mm -hmm. and she kneels in the grass and takes three stones and places them at the top of his gravestone so she is kneeling above a casket yeah under buried underground in front of a rock and she puts three stones at the apex of it which yep. sounds a lot like a certain mountain in Akatar, yep, mount ramayel yep <laughs> <laughs> with three stars above the apex and um my theory is that morath may be the underside of mount ramayel uh, it may be a connection to Mount Ramayel. There have been a lot of theories about what is under Mount Ramayel. We know it's yeah. sacred. We know it's important to the Illyrians, which is an interesting thing, because where do the Illyrians come from? Right. And the beating of leathery wings. And we've mm -hmm. in Queen of Shadows, we get there's a report of winged beasts yeah. um, with bodies that are a little interesting, sound a little bit like maybe an adder or mm -hmm. a, an Illyrian warrior. Yeah, um, of some kind, and we know from the blood rite in a court of silver flames that on top of Ram Mount Ramayel is a stone that you touch that transports you somewhere else. Sounds a lot like yep. some word stone stuff to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it was an interesting moment when Selena is basic. Aelin's basically burying Selena with Sam in this moment. Yeah, and it's literally a direct reflection of her current problem, which is a sarcophagus under a mountain morath which yeah. could be under a mountain with three stars at the top i just thought that was really an interesting connection connection mm -hmm. um, whether that was an intentional or not but i think it's interesting that she picks three stones 100 percent, and puts them at the top and hmm. you told me this one too but the number seven the number seven is everywhere. yes yeah, seven and three are both everywhere. Three kings, three dimensions, three stars, three stones, seven crowns, and the under um, under the cavern, uh, we see for a second with like a Valg commander that there are seven crowns of seven fallen kingdoms. Mm -hmm. There are seven Asteri. There are seven high lords in Prithian. Um, so there's a lot of the number seven, which um, if you know anything about like biblical mythology the number seven is the number of completion um so that would be very interesting um three is also a significant number so um 
it's it's interesting. It's interesting little like little sprinkles of things I think she leaves throughout. Um, there's three swords. There's mm-hmm. um, Gwydion in Akatar that defeats the Deglin. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Gwydion or the Star Sword, which is also named Gwydion mm-hmm. in Crescent City, which um, may be used to defeat the Asteri. And then there's Goldrin. Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to use Goldrin, which sounds an awful lot like Gwydion, yeah. uh, to defeat the Valk? So um, I do have a theory that these three different creatures, which again, three, yeah. are three kings in three dimensions. Um, yeah. And that the fact that the three swords are basically named the same thing and are wielded by Bryce, um, Aelin, and Feyre. Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm sure Feyre will, or not Feyre, uh, Nesta. Right. The fact that these three characters, which are very similar characters, a lot of people think Aelin and Bryce are really similar to Feyre, but they're actually more similar to Nesta yeah. in, their, in their character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, that these three uh, people would be wielding these three swords, which are very similar to each other against enemies that are very similar to each other. Uh-huh. Um but all three drinkers of magic in their worlds. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I think that's that's a little interesting connection. Um, I think uh, the time of the wars in the three dimensions um, really lines up. And I find it interesting that at the time when a witch, the witch, the witches are like thrown out of the waste and there's like a new queen there. Mm-hmm. And the Vogue kind of like win the battle essentially is at the same time that the bad guys, Hybern and Amarantha, yeah. take over in Prithian. So that's another interesting coincidence that yep. happens there. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some theories that Hybern was Vogue, which is interesting because Elaine cuts Ooh. his head off yeah, um, and ends him that way. Interesting. Uh, I think is interesting. I also think that it could lend to, is Amarantha really dead? She didn't get her head cut off. If she's Vogue, she True. could still be alive. Um, so that's a I'll lot of my main back. theories. Yeah, give I know. Me, I actually, give me more she was, play. I'll take her back. <laughs> <laughs> I also think she was a good villain. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But and I love that. I usually don't go for a women villain. Like, I don't. I want the villain to love me in yeah. my head. So, like, I want the male to be the villain. But I loved her. Like, yeah. I just feel like there was something about her. I guess because I understand her. Like, I understand where she's coming from and why yes. she does what she does. She has a righteous but. indignation that I think um, a lot of people can get on board with. Versus, mm-hmm. like, Hybern just wants to take over the world. The king right. of Ardalene just wants to take over the world. But with amarantha uh with even like with manon like she's not yeah. really a good person but it's like i kind of get it <laughs> like, yeah. honestly it's like like caltaine same like she mm-hmm. just wants to watch the world burn and honestly girl like i support you yeah after <laughs> i've been through go ahead yeah. and so i think i think with those um kinds of villains they're like these morally gray almost morally black villains that I think yeah. people like where there's a little bit of a you're bad but you're so good whereas like Duke Parrington Ugh. gives me despise <clears throat> and now a Leeds uncle was it Vernon okay like, any man named Vernon 
Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very sorry, true. sorry, Vernons of the world, but I would legally change your name if I were you. It's just uh, there's something about it. I feel like it is also used as like a villainy name for multiple things. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, uh, Vernon in Harry Potter. It's like all yeah. I could imagine the whole time was Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, and a note on the Duke on the Duke as well is like in all the conversations between the witches throughout this book. And looking back, a lot of the conversations revolve around the Duke and this ultimate reveal of like the king's basically a puppet and the Duke's yeah. been pulling the strings the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you look back through the series, there's so much foreshadowing and I completely missed it. Yeah, same. And so I, because she's, she's done this here, she's done it um, in a, uh, Akatar with Amarantha, but it's like Highburn is really the bad guy. Right. Um, I, I, I'm anxious to see what happens in Crescent City <laughs> because yeah. there's obviously a lot of crossover. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's like the gist of what I had for theories. There was so much more, but um, oh, a lot of it has yeah. to do with has to do with Crescent City spoilers. And I know a lot of people haven't read it, so I don't want to get too far into it. But um, yeah, this book was just full of so much connection and the yeah. numbers, the places they went. I'm just like, I feel like there are gates everywhere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is like, I need more. Like I, I know we still have three books, but I need more of them throughout everything. Yes. Like if you're going to, I don't want to spoil for people, but if you're going to connect these worlds and wove them together then give me all of them i want every single character that's still alive give me every single one yes i want i am dying for the moment we had in this book where all the players are on the board i'm dying for that with every character in this universe an end game moment where everybody's there i want i want a book where aelin cassian and bryce go out for drinks uh, that's the book yeah. I want. That's the book uh-huh. I want. That, those are the three characters. Can you imagine Aelin and uh, can you imagine Aelin and um and Cassian doing anything together? It would be no. complete and it, utter chaos. Yeah. <laughs> like that's Although I'd love to see a drinking contest. I know, like, that's I what really I mean. Would. Imagine uh-huh. imagine them just being like, well, no, we're arm wrestling all night. Like I can just yeah. imagine it in my head of and I think and he would get so mad because he was losing. I know. <laughs> and like Rowan and Reese in the same room would be. Mm-hmm. In, first of all, I don't think I think my heart would explode. But um, <laughs> but like to see them mm-hmm. interacting in any way and like totally like like I think it and would be really out. oh one hundred percent. I think it would be crazy. So that's what oh, I yeah. want. I want this in- injected directly into my veins. It's basically what I need <laughs> in every book. Um, and I've seen a lot of people say this is their favorite Dota Glass. Mm-hmm. So it does make me a little nervous for the tandem read that I'm not going to love it as much as I love this. But I'm choosing yeah. to be hopeful. <laughs> so, so I heard that Tower of Dawn is not good. But I also heard people say it was one of their favorites. So I yeah. think truthfully doing a tandem read might help us get through it uh, yeah saskia um on tiktok she's amazing um saskia Lucy, 
Uh, she Favorite follow if you don't because she lost her book talk account and she needs all the follows. Yes, do it. She deserves them. Um, she claims that Tower of Dawn is like one of her favorites. She's like, it's amazing. Yeah. She was like, don't read the Tandem read. I think Brooklyn might have said it too. They were like, don't do the Tandem read, like enjoy it. And I'm like, it's about Kale though. Right. <laughs> okay. I don't want to hang out with him. But <laughs> prediction, and I know the answer, but it's called Tower of Dawn. I know. And, and I love, what is her name? Irene. Yeah. I love her. And when I found out her last name was Towers, I was like, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go. I want them to be. So my prediction that is that they're going to be like in close proximity because she's going to like be healing him. Mm-hmm. It's bound to go wow, wow. That kind of whole thing. <laughs> and I just want Nesrin to be happy. Yeah. Um. So she needs to find someone as cool as she is. And Kale is not it. No. So hopefully when he gets healed, he's cooler. Um, I hope he has a personality upgrade. I don't know if if she can do that, but if she could, that would be great. Maybe she heals his personality too. I mean, she is a great healer. <laughs> his, his constant need to be the main character. Kale, you're not the main character. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Not happening. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I'm looking through my notes. I think I I touched I touched in on everything. Yeah, these are some of the best villains. The yeah. dog are terrifying. They're scary. Mm-hmm. So I, it, this felt like the action, the action arrived. I just loved it. 10 yeah. out of 10 book for me. Like, would reread, would, would reread <laughs> a thousand times, five stars. Mm-hmm. Perfect book. Very good book. I will give you that. Yep. All right. Well, if that's it, then I will stop our recording. Next week on the podcast, we'll be discussing our August book club book, Love Marks. We will also be revealing our new book club book for the month of September. September is a fantasy month again, so we will discuss a book from the fantasy genre. If you do not follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Wings and Romance Pod, I suggest that you do so because today we'll be starting our voting for next month's book. So if you are interested, make sure that you definitely check out that poll and get your vote in. As always, welcome back to the court. I'm so glad to have you here. If you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Wings and Romance Pod for all of your behind the scenes, updates, messages, anything you may need regarding the podcast. Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe here so that way you don't miss a thing. See you later.